To make it in cannabis, first you must dare to. Twelve years ago, MJ BizCon dared to unite the global cannabis community, igniting a movement that continues to thrive. So let's grow together this November 28th through December 1st in Las Vegas. You'll hear incredible stories, see groundbreaking innovations, and forge connections you need to thrive in 2024. But wait, snag your ticket to MJ BizCon in October. And you are eligible for the 31 days of giveaways and promotion going on right now. So hurry, get your ticket today. And here's a secret. Podcast listeners get 10% off with promo code 23POD10. That's 23POD10. Don't miss out. Get your ticket at mjbizcon.com. That's mjbizcon.com. Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Before we talk to our guest today, I want to encourage listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you like our interviews, please share them with your friends on any social media platform you're on so we can increase the awareness of the medical benefits of cannabis. And today we're going to talk to a mother in Florida about her daughter who was diagnosed with a brain tumor when she was just 13 years of age. She was treated for the tumor, but a couple of years later she had a relapse and was given weeks to a couple of months to live. The mother is going to tell us the remarkable story of her daughter, but doesn't want her last name used, so we've decided just to call her Lynn. Lynn, thanks for doing this. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now, why did you take your daughter to the doctor in October of 2016 when she got the initial diagnosis? She had been having like on and off headaches for a good few weeks, and they were just getting worse and worse, and, and some nausea, vomiting would start in the morning and then go away and then come back the next day. And then the the real, the real big thing that made me bring her to the doctors was her eyes started getting crossed. So I said, oh, there must be something going on, like neurological. So I brought her to an ophthalmologist, and he's the one who really was like, get her to the hospital now once he dilated her eyes and he seen what was going on. Now, prior to that, she was just a, a normal child, uh, no problems? No problems of a very healthy, full life, barely ever even sick at all, except for maybe a couple ear infections when she was a real a toddler. Mm-hmm. Now, when you went to the doctor, t- tell us about that day that she was diagnosed. Oh, my goodness. The day she was diagnosed, like I said, I went to the ophthalmologist. We went there. He told us to get to the hospital right away, like, go now. So we went. As soon as we got there, um, it was just me and her. I had my other daughter in uh, school, and I had to go right away, so I had someone pick her up. But we went, and they, um, you know, they went to do an MRI, and then there was complications with that. But they had to take off her braces. They did a CAT scan. And then um, finally an MRI later on that day. And then they, I knew when they all came into a room, like about 10 of them, that it was like really bad. Um, 
my heart dropped. I remember it like it was yesterday, but telling me that she had a, a brain tumor. They weren't sure what type yet, but um, it was going to need to be surgically removed and she was going to need to have treatment through chemo and radiation. So two days later, she was in the operating room getting the tumor removed. That's a hell of a shock, isn't it? Oh my God, yes. You never would think. I just thought it was, you know, migraines. I had them when I was a kid. I thought it was hereditary. I didn't think it was going to be something like that, you know. How did? How, what was Larissa's response to this? She she was she um she heard them talk about a tumor, but honestly, until after her surgery, um, she didn't know it was cancer. She was like, "I had cancer." And we were like, yeah, I remember we told you. And she did have a lot of pressure on her brain, and they, and she had to get high doses of steroids. So I don't know if she was already getting the effects of being out of it before even the surgery happened. But um, she was a little scared before she went into surgery. But um, she had her family that was closest to her there, and we reassured her that everything was going to be okay. It was me, her dad, and her younger sister. Now, after the surgery, what did the doctors tell you? Um, they pretty much told me that she was going to need chemo and radiation for over a year. And uh, they said once that was done, this should be the end of it. They didn't even really talk to me much about relapse and the chance that it could come back. You know, I, I really, so I, I put my trust like in them. And uh, I mean, my daughter's father had mentioned something about, you know, he's like, oh, what about trying to treat her with cannabis? He didn't know a lot about the oil and stuff, and me being a nurse, I was like, well, let's just try this first, you know. So that's what we did. We tried it first, and um, she did the chemo and radiation for over a year, maybe 18 months on and off. And um, it was only actually three to four months after her last um, radiation chemo treatment that she ended up relapsing. How did she? Sorry, sorry, go, go ahead, Corey. How did she respond to the actual treatment? Did she sail through it or did she have she, a lot of side effects? She did, she did good for the first, like, probably five, four, hmm. Well, in the beginning, the chemo didn't affect her as much. Once she had radiation, after the first radiation treatment, she was nauseous, vomiting on and off. She had to have a tube feeding place a good month after the actual radiation started. Um, but as far as her blood counts and all that, she did good for quite a while for the first maybe six to seven months. And then we started having issues with, like, having to have blood transfusions, platelet transfusions, um, her getting, you know, a couple infections, being in the hospital. Did she lose any weight? Oh, my God, yes. She lost good 40, 35 pounds or so. She was down to about 86. 586 pounds and she's 5'3 so she looked like pretty much a walking skeleton like I look at pictures now um, compared to then and I was like wow she looks so much better were you ever concerned that she wasn't going to make it oh there was so many times I was concerned about that oh I would just lay in bed with her and hug her and pray with everything I had yes many a times tell us about uh after the chemo and radiation treatment you said three or four months after she relapsed take us through that well um you know everything uh was done the chemo the radiation um larissa had some long-term effects from uh, from the chemo and radiation um she wasn't really walking on her own she was in a wheelchair because she was very unsteady she got foot drop 
from uh, one of the re- uh, one of the chemos. It was a side effect. Um, still struggling to even have an appetite to eat. She was very weak still. Um, so, you know, she was just starting to get her strength back. Start, we had her in physical therapy, occupational therapy, and she was starting to walk with a walker. And then one day I was at a friend's house, and all of a sudden she started, like, stuttering with her speech. And she kept over and over, couldn't get the words out. And I noticed that her face, like, froze on one side, like a facial paralysis for a couple of, just a couple of minutes, maybe two minutes, three minutes, and then it stopped. And then when that happened, my heart dropped because I knew that something was going on and something was back. So I called the doctors right away. I think that we actually went to the hospital and she had a um, a CAT scan done. And the doctor came in the room and was like, well, um, she's got cancer all over her brain. It's everywhere now. Cancer, so I, I cancer like, everywhere? Yep, because there ended up being more, new tumors spread all on her, the lining of her cerebellum, the back part of the brain, the lining that lines the brain. All along it, there was all scattered little tumors. There was a new tumor in the brain stem. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. Well, that, uh, the tears must have flown that day. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was, it was a nightmare. I thought that we could put the, you know, the worst behind us and go on. And even though she still has some long-term effects, but that day, I, I think it was worse than the original day. Did they give her uh, or you a, a diagnosis of how long she had? Yeah, we met with the doctors later that day. And we were like, well, what could be done? And um, the, the medical director of the pediatric oncology uh, practice met with us. And he's like, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He goes, we really don't have anything else that can help you here. He's like, I could try to reach out to some people and... I said, well, I'm going to look into clinical trials, and he was like, and the, her dad asked, and Larissa, um, my daughter's dad had asked, well, how long does she got? And they told us, um, without treatment, weeks. If you can find some type of treatment, maybe months. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was awful, and but I was determined. I was like, I, I can't just take it at face value for that. we got to find something that's going to help our daughter. You know, you, you, just, you just said something which I think is really interesting, Corey. Uh, the number of people we've talked to who have had relatives who have had cancer uh, have refused to accept the doctor's diagnosis. And Lynn, you said you were determined. And I think the determination of people to help their loved ones has really been absolutely remarkable in the survival rate of people that we've talked to with uh, cancer and uh, I, th- I think it's just it's it's beautiful really yeah there, there's things out there you just like I said it, it's a lot of research and it's a lot of tears and but you you gotta reach out and put yourself out there for the sake of your loved one and try to find something I wasn't going to give up and just accept what they said what when, when did uh, cannabis enter the picture um Cannabis entered the picture, so that was about, that was in June, around June of 2018. Um, then we, she did actually go on a clinical trial, tr- um, trying some um, immune immune drugs to help with that. And that wasn't quite helping too well, but she did it for about two or three months. And then 
me and her dad were like, well, let's try this cannabis oil. Because one of his friends was like, I got something for you. Maybe you could try for your daughter and see if it helps her and stuff. So we had had it. And I hadn't started it yet because I wanted to look into it and research it a little bit more. So I did that and I started her on it, giving her just like a little tiny bit, like a, the, the head of a toothpick. Um, I started that every night. And that was started, I think, in November of uh, 2018. She was still doing the immune therapy. And, and I did tell ask the doctor if it was going to be a problem if I gave that to her. And he told me it wasn't going to hurt. He didn't feel that it would be contraindicated. So we started that. And um, she put her on low doses. Um, like I said, every couple weeks I would increase her dose. i give it to her in a vegan um, capsule. And uh, it took us a while to get her up to a full gram. And I got her up to a full gram by March of 2019. And she's been on like three quarters to a full gram every night when she goes to sleep since then. How, uh, when you were giving her the, the cannabis, how did she react to it? Oh, in the beginning, it, it was rough. It, uh, she was very tired, you know. Um, from it, but she grew a tolerance. She really did. It was amazing. After a little while, you know, it was the first first probably few weeks. It was a little rough, but as time went on, it got easier with her tolerating it. Um, I actually tried to give it to her sometimes during the day for like when she had pain, and it just made her really tired. So we stuck to it at night. And plus, she was still doing school at home. She was doing hospital homebound school, and it was really hard for her to learn if I gave it to her during the day because it would make her very tired. But um, after a while, her body really got used to it. How soon did you start to notice some improvement in her? Um, actually, she stopped. Um, all chemo was stopped because her blood counts wouldn't recover. And um, that was about the same time I st started the cannabis, like November. And... Uh, they had the chemo on hold. The immune drug was stopped by December or something like that. And um, then by January, uh, we started January, February, trying to think. She had radiation in uh, December. And then we stopped treatment in Georgia on that immune program. And then by March, I think it was March, her MRI in March showed that she was stable. There was no spread of anything. Um, it seemed like it took some time. The next consequent MRI, she had them every two months. Everyone is, every single one since then has gotten a little bit better and improved. She I, actually, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, she actually, um, she doesn't, the, the coding that she had on that cerebellum, the back part of her brain, all the little tiny tumors in, in the coding of our brain are gone. The doctors can't even see that anymore. Fabulous. Yeah, Absolutely. It's amazing. Fabulous. Yeah. So when you, I think when you first came to me, you were just doing oil sporadically with her. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I, I was doing, I had been doing it, but we had someone who had gifted us the oil. They're a grower. They, they live in Oregon, I think. Right. And we couldn't get a hold of them anymore. And I was running really low on the oil. Like I was having to cut her doses short, you know, and I, I was really worried about it. And I had come to the end of it. So, um, you know, I belong to a couple of groups on Facebook. And um, I had posted about, you know, where could I get some help for my daughter? Because the expense for me to buy it, I started buying it on my own. It, it was really hard on the, my family because it, it can cost quite a bit. 
Um, and where I'm from, you can't legally grow it and make it yourself. So, no. um, so that's when I reached out and you seen something and you reached out to me and that was like, oh my God, that was like one of the best days of my life because my daughter's had mm. help and I haven't had to really worry about that since then. I can't thank you enough. Oh, you're welcome. I, I think that one thing we need to say here is that your amazing daughter, and I get choked up even talking about this, and I could see her picture clear as day, just graduated. Yes, she did. Um, it was a lot of struggles. I mean, she got a lot of learning disabilities and stuff from from uh, the brain cancer treatment and the radiation, but with like strong determination, she's got determination too, and a lot of great people helping us along the way. She did. She graduated this year. It was actually a year early. They got her to do a couple extra classes on e-school and stuff, and she did. She graduated, so that's so amazing. I didn't even think she would be here So at one point, you know. Yeah, that, that really is amazing. When the doctors gave her weeks to uh, only a few months to live a couple of years ago, and then she's graduated, and the tumors that were on her brain, the small tumors that you referred to, are gone. And mm-hmm. it really is truly remarkable. How is she held up emotionally? Um, there's a lot of long-standing effects from that, just because. She lost a lot of that that age, 13 to 17. She lost a lot of socialization with with children her age. Mm -hmm. Um, So she has some emotional issues tied to that and stuff. Um, She's very, very attached to me because, you know, me being her mom and being there with her every step of the way. So she's very, very much attached to me. Um, I I do try to reach out because she does need more friends of her age, peers and stuff to reach out to her. But she does have she does have some emotional depression issues from the treatment, post-traumatic stress that she does have some of that. I will say, though, when I give her her medicine at night, too, like that helps an awful lot with it, with the anxiety and and stress. She calms her down. You know, um, I think, you know, Lynn, Ian and Ian would agree with me that we're hard-pressed to think of uh, any parent we've spoken to who's had a child go through cancer treatment that hasn't said that the kid, both the kid and the parent were traumatized, like have a form of PTSD as a result of this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I definitely do. Every time she coughs the wrong way or her, she'll get a cramp in her arm, I'm like, what's the matter, you know? The other day she got a muscle spasm and I'm like, are you okay? Because her arm froze up. But it was just a muscle spasm. But just the littlest, tiniest things they do. You do get post-traumatic stress from, from that. You, you, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Lynn, how does your other child react to all this? Um, there was at certain points she had a hard time, you know, because I had to be away from my other daughter a lot when doing treatments out of state and always being in the hospital with her. So... There was times that, that I had a little bit of behavioral issues with her. She, it's, she's come around though. You know, she's my other child's going to be sixteen, and stuff. Um, it's it's been hard for her in different ways too. You know, it, it has. Yeah, she just felt it somewhat neglected. Yeah, I, I think, and and I tried to do my best to not have her feel that way. It's just taking care of of my other daughter just consumed all my time. So it was difficult to, to balance that. And with her being at the point she's at now, my daughter um, would being stable and stuff, it's helped a lot because now I can 
you know, spend the other time with my other daughter, too, and we can all do more things together. Lynn, how much oil is Larissa taking now? It, it, she just takes it at night, correct? Yeah, she still takes um, between three quarters and one gram wow. every night. And um, the reason why I still give that to her like that is because I've asked the doctors, I'm like, well, would you consider her in remission? And they said, we can't tell you that she's in remission. We can tell you that her brain cancer at this moment in time is stable. There's no evidence of any active disease, but when we can't give you that diagnosis. So I, think so I am still giving it to her. Good. I'm glad to hear her, and I think you're wise to continue at that high dose. What are her physicians... Um, response to how well she's doing well um her main doctor her her oncologist that um i remember when our first mri after um we got off the clinical trial and we came back to tampa to get treatment um they did an mri and the doctor's like I don't know whatever you're doing. And I told her we're doing the cannabis. I told you that. And she said, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. She goes, it looks like the cancer is gone. I was like, really? And I said, well, I want someone else to read it. And, you know, and someone else read it. But part of it was gone. They can't say for sure that the, the area near her brainstem is gone because it still lights up a little bit on an MRI. But it it's less lit up than it used to be. And the area is a lot smaller than it used to be. She hasn't had any like effects of it. And like I said, the other areas are gone. And the doctor tells me she, she don't like tell me in front of other people, but she's like, keep giving it to her. Don't stop. <laughs> so, very good for her. Mm -hmm. good. Not all the doctors agree, agree that that's what's helping her. But this particular doctor is like, it has to be, She's like, just keep giving it to her. Lynn, I don't know whether you've heard it, but we did an interview that we posted a couple of weeks ago with a woman in Oregon who had cancer of the brainstem, and she was given a fatal diagnosis by the medical profession about seven years ago. And oh, wow. she is on cannabis, uh, has taken cannabis uh, and no other treatments, and her cancer of the brainstem is gone. That's it's amazing. It really is. Oh, and, and my daughter also got a secondary cancer for, from the treatment from her first cancer, from the chemotherapy. She ended up getting, it's called mild dysplastic syndrome, and it's a pre-leukemia. Pre it end, eventually ends up turning into acute myeloid leukemia, yeah. and she had had that. Um, that's why her accounts wouldn't come back up, and that's why she got taken off of that immune um, drug uh, trial because um, her bone marrow wasn't recovering. So she had ended up getting that diagnosis as well, and um, that's gone. Uh, they can't find a trace of it in her DNA, but she did have it at one point, and it was early on when I had the first couple months that I started the cannabis, but after she had been on it for like six months and they did another test, it was gone. Yeah, and uh, you know, just for listeners, please be aware that uh, and this uh, this is old information from a folk about four years ago. Could have changed now, but at the time, there were nineteen different chemotherapy drugs that practically came with a written guarantee that you would have leukemia within two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they didn't really tell me a lot about that. They no. said it was very it was very rare for a reoccurrence of this type of cancer once it was treated, and it was very rare that she she would get any other cancer for the treatment. So I did it. Not you know I did it, and if I could 
take it back, I would have started cannabis first. Honest to God, I would have. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a remarkable uh, medication that uh, it is. It's, it really, really is. It's amazing. Yeah, and uh, of course, the pharmaceutical industry influences politicians who uh, who mm-hmm. who ban it in Florida. It's illegal, is it? It's a le- It's illegal um, to, on a certain level. So it's um, you can get a card, a medical marijuana card, and it's not illegal. But they have restrictions on the dosage. That's the issue. And um, uh, my daughter wouldn't be able to get a doctor to write her the dose that I have to give her. Mm-hmm. But I did get a mer- medical marijuana card for her at one time. But other than medically, no, it's not legal. What was your opinion of cannabis prior to all this? I had heard I had heard things, you know, and and uh, I don't know. I, I was I was on wasn't either way about it. I, I was scared to give it to her because of the legal repercussions I might occur from you know the doctors or anyone like that. But I wasn't against it at all. I mean, I had heard that it had done amazing things to other people. It's just, I think me being a nurse kind of influenced me going the medical way first. Yeah. You know, trying to do it like that. But once I seen that that wasn't working, I was like, forget it. You know, we're not doing this no more. I, um, I actually had them, she was getting some, some type of chemo for that leukemia. And I just told them, we're stopping this. We're not doing this because she's got no quality of life. She was throwing up every day. Um, she couldn't keep food down, nauseous all the time. She's not like that anymore. I stopped all that, and all she takes is cannabis now since, um, let me think, when's the last time? It's been. It's going to be close to, going on close to a year. I think October of 2019, after that, I was like, no more. And that's all she's had since October of 2019 is cannabis. And I give her um, a little coconut oil capsule as well as the cannabis. Yeah, and this, for listeners' sake, is a four-strain oil that uh, Larissa's taking. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Lynn, you mentioned that uh, Larissa graduated from high school uh, in May of this year. You also talked about she's getting some movement back on the right side of her body. Yeah, she is. It it, it seems like things happen real slow. you got to be like kind of really patient and... And the readings I do and the posts I see online from people wondering when the cannabis is going to help, it takes a little bit of time. It, it doesn't happen instantaneously. You've got to stay on the doses. That, that's what I've seen with my daughter anyway. Um, it's not, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. It took months and months. And, and I see little things all the time. Like um, from her last radiation treatment in December of 2018, a couple weeks after she had that, it was like a week before Christmas. She stopped using her arm and her leg. I think um, due to radiation, she had some inflammation around her spinal cord, and it compressed on things. So she, on that right side of her body, was her main side, her dominant side. So once that happened, she couldn't walk at all anymore. She couldn't write and do those type of things. But now she's actually a couple weeks ago she started taking a dry erase board, and she's writing with her hand. Um, she was just saying to me the other day, Mom, I think maybe someday I can walk again. She said, my leg feels like it's getting stronger, and it feels like she can balance better. So I just got to get in, her into physical therapy again, 
because she's been out of it for a little while because of this COVID stuff, you know. Yeah. But as soon as we can start that again, I, I hope that she will. I think I really have faith that she will be able to walk again. Yeah, I think you're on the right track. I mean, continuing, as Corey mentioned, continuing to take the, the cannabis. The, the tumor didn't grow overnight. And so it's going to take some time to get rid of it and all the um, effects of the chemo and radiation that she had. And, uh, you know, we've talked to a number of people with brain issues. And as long as they keep taking cannabis, there's continuous improvement. Yeah, that's what I've seen so far. I totally agree. It, it doesn't happen instantaneous, like I said, but it happens. You ju- it's just, you got to wait and it'll happen. Yeah. It's well, amazing. It's a, it is. It's a fascinating story, isn't it, Corey? It is. It's, it's wonderful and uh, certainly brought me to tears a few times along the way, watching, watching Larissa bounce back and how well she's doing. It's uh, just incredible. I, I've met so many good people, like, too, that have really helped um, me to learn about can- more things about cannabis and how it works in the body. And I've actually learned a lot myself doing research, um, reading uh, literature and stuff. And it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing medication for people who, who need it medically. It really is. Has your youngest daughter ever wanted to try it? My youngest daughter has tried it, just uh, like a lot of teenagers do. Yeah. Um, you know, recreationally, but um, and and I think and she tried it when we were going through all this with Larissa getting treatment and stuff. You know, um, she just tried it like a teenager, but other than that, she hasn't really mentioned much. Those she damn- knows that she, she knows that she takes it though, and she knows that it's her medicine and stuff. Those damn teenagers, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did it when I was a kid, too. There are a lot of them do it. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have one. Well, I grew up uh, in just south of the Alaskan border, and we just had alcohol. We didn't have cannabis, and uh, Corey got me onto it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Corey's the, Corey's the dealer now. Cor- Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Corey started it. It was when Ian was on, uh, still um, on a local uh, radio station. <laughs> You're not going to tell and, his story, are you? <laughs> yes, I am. Um, and we had finished the interview, and, and he was kind of walking me out down the hall, and he looks around to make sure nobody else is around, and he leans in and he goes, you know, I wouldn't mind trying this stuff. <laughs> and I went, I'm thinking CBD is what he's talking about. I'm, I said, you, you mean CBD? And he goes, no, the stuff that gets you high. <laughs> I, I remember, like, it's really great for pain. It really is. It, I had a major back injury in 2008, and I will say that I, I smoked it since then, and it helped. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I like I said, I heard stories, but like I'm living uh, living through it. My daughter's living proof of it. I mean, none of those medicines they gave her chemo, radiation. It did so much damage to her, and this cannabis has done no damage to her at all. It's done nothing but help her, and it's been slow over time, but it's helping her, and that's why I'm gonna keep giving it to her. I'm honestly scared to ever stop it, because I'm I think those tumors will grow back. Yeah. Where do where do you think Clarissa would be today without cannabis? I don't think she would be here, honestly. That's total my total honest opinion. I really don't think she would be here, because no one in the medical community, all they were telling me was, "There's nothing more we can do." 
There's nothing more we could do. And then I, she was suffering with the treatment that they were doing. Like, no quality of life whatsoever. At least now. I mean, I know her life isn't back to where she would like it to be. And someday I, I hope that it will be. And that's what we're striving for. But she has more quality of life now. She can. She's not sick every day. She can pick up her phone, call her friends. She can, you know, she's starting to write again. She She's getting there. It's just going to take some time. Take some time. Yeah. Well, she's she has done remarkably well to come as far as she has and to overcome what she has. And I myself am very optimistic that this is only the beginning. I, I, I think so, too. I think that even better things are to come. Like I said, I've learned a lot of patience in dealing with my daughter's illness and everything. So, you know, it just comes slowly. It's not a quick fix, but it, it comes. <laughs> Lynn, it was great of you to tell the story. You're a loving mother, and you've done wonderful uh, things for your for your daughter. And uh, she will, as long as she continues to take the cannabis, she will lead a very strong, healthy life. Yes, thank you for having me. I, I'm glad to have shared my story for other people to hear in case they're on the fence about you know taking this as a medication. Well, it was great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Lynn, thank you so much, sweetie. Thank you, Corey. Take care. All right, you take care, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'd like to thank uh, Ron Zar for producing the program and uh, donating his studio time for us to bring you these interviews on Cannabis Health Radio. And if you'd like to help someone, you can share them on your social media platform, which we greatly appreciate it. And also, we'd like to thank Mark Viel in Belgium, who posts our podcasts on YouTube, and you can subscribe to YouTube. And if you would also like to influence others, you can do so by donating to Cannabis Health Radio so we can continue these podcasts. You can do it on a monthly basis or just a one-time donation. Go to our website, Cannabis Health Radio. There'll be a little pop-up there for you to do that. And we thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, 
Maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn. 